Good morning. Welcome. Glad you could all be here. I hope I didn't startle some of you too much when, when I said the end of the church age and the beginning of the kingdom age. If that messed your theology up, maybe you should examine it. Because I believe that we've always been invited to live in the kingdom age. From the time of the early church until now. That doesn't mean the church is ending. That's not what it means. It means there's a greater reality that's coming upon us. Where the, where the manifestations of the kingdom are going to be seen and, and, and hand in glove with a, an apostolic reformation of the church. So the church is going to be redefined by what it is, as to what it is and how it functions. And it's going to come into alignment. I don't think Jesus ever came up with a plan B. The church has tried to produce plan B, plan C, plan D, trying to model themselves after something to try to produce the book of Acts level results. Uh, but Jesus really gave us uh, the model and the book of Acts church actually uh, used Jesus as a model, not another church. And when you use Jesus as the model, you don't get caught up in how other people implement it and all of that. The, the model is Jesus. It's not another church sometime, somewhere. The model is him. Make sure the Lord told Moses that you make all things according to the model that I showed you on the mountain. He didn't show him. Well, anyway, let's. You might say, well, you don't think that time's come yet. Well, you know what? The time hadn't come for people not to die when Enoch was on earth either. But he pressed into it anyway. There's people that are called to live into something uh, and to show the way. Amen? And I'm not going to wait until, some, until it aligns with somebody's calendar for me to live into what God's inviting me to live into. Amen? So... So many of us have experienced a lot of legalism in the religious cultures that we come from. How many come from religious cultures in your background? A lot of legalism, a lot of rules, thou shalt, mostly thou shalt nots. More thou shalt nots than thou shalt. By the way, all the thou shalt nots in the world are, can't produce holiness. Let me just go on record to say that. Holiness doesn't come from a list of thou shalt nots. Doesn't have doesn't even come from a list of thou shalts. Amen. Except thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbors yourself. And if you do that, you've fulfilled all the rest of it. But you're not going to do that without a relationship and without an empowering by the Holy Spirit. The grace movement brought us a necessary freedom to God's people. Uh, freedom to become sons and daughters in the Father's house. I'm grateful for what I refer to as the grace movement of recent uh, several decades. Because of, uh, it's been an invitation. It didn't just happen. I mean, it really began with the uh, uh, earlier than that. But there, it went to another level in what I call the grace movement. And 
an invitation to experience intimacy with the Father, to come into an intimate relationship with the Lord, to shed the legalism and the, the formulas and the rituals and, and, and to come as you are, you know, to, to, uh, to the Lord. And that's really uh, the message of, of David's tabernacle, uh, is come as you are and let the Lord change you. Uh, don't try to fix yourself and then come to the Lord, you know. Um, so it brought a necessary freedom, and it set many people free from a performance mentality uh, where we get our value from what we do rather than who we are. You know, you weren't created to be a human doing. And, and, when, and when your identity comes out of what you do, it does need to shift. And I'm not condemning you for that because all of us come from that at some level, but you are not what you do. If I asked you who you are and you tell me your occupation, then you don't have it yet. That's not who you are. That's your function. That's, your, that's what you do. But who you are is the relationship of, your, of the Father in your life. Your true identity comes from your relationship with your Heavenly Father as sons and daughters. What's also happened in many circles that is, uh, is that we've lost our sense of God's holiness. And... and uh, because grace covers everything, right? We've been too free to overlook our need to live a sanctified life, a life set apart to the Lord. And I'm not trying to put religious constraints on anybody and say that you have to wear certain colors and certain lengths and, and, and do... I'm not, that's not what I'm doing at all. I'm, I'm talking about a life that is sanctified, set apart to the Lord. Uh, a, a life where we can carry his presence because we've allowed him to purify our hearts and our motives and our intentions, and we're willing to be a living sacrifice for him. You're not called to be common. You're called to be holy unto the Lord. Scripture says without holiness, no one will see the Lord. I don't know about you, but I want to see him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And it doesn't say after they die. I don't know if you ever thought of that, but, but those promises in the, in the Beatitudes don't begin after you die. They're here and now. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Within all of God's children is a hunger for the glory that we lost through Adam's fall to be restored. And when I start talking about the glory of God, everyone wants to see the glory, right? And uh, shame took the place of glory. And we hunger to be clothed with glory again. Scripture says, all have sinned and come short of the glory. With glory, there's also a restoration of a reverential fear of the Lord. 
And if you notice, when we get into a certain vein of worship that touches issues of justice, of dominion over death and darkness, something shifts in the atmosphere here. There, there's something that happens in, in the atmosphere of this place when we shift into that vein of worship. There, there's, a, there's, there's a boldness of the anointing of the Lord that begins to move through the place. It's like, we're going to defeat this thing. We're, we're, going to, we're going to bring justice to this injustice of sickness and disease and death and bondage. There's something that happens that's a chain-breaking anointing that's developing here. And, uh, and it's a spe- specific direction that the Holy Spirit is inviting us to follow him in. You know... A lot of times, if you, go, if you go into a place and you experience their worship, you can pick up from the worship and what the Holy Spirit really begins to highlight in the worship that uh, you, you can kind of tell what the Holy Spirit is leading that congregation or that place into just from what happens as they worship. I had someone tell me... Uh, Last Sunday, it says, you know, when the, when the, when the worship team were doing their uh, spontaneous playing in between songs, come to me and said, that rhythm that they're in right now, that beat, is connecting to the frequency that heals this land. And, and we've been kind of moving in and out of that lately. And we, when you hit that frequency, there's something that happens. You know something is being released. You're connecting. Uh, it's, it's really, uh, you know, Ray Hughes was the first one who taught us about that stuff here. About how there's a sound in the land here. There, there's, a, there's a frequency in the land. Um, and when, when, and the Lord invites us into that place, and, and our worship team has been hitting that frequency uh, more and more frequently. That was a play on words. You like that? Um, and, and when that happens, uh, we're connected not only with heaven, but with, with the land that we're a part of here, that we come from. And that's a whole other teaching that I don't have time to get into right now. But it's a very powerful and it's a very significant thing. Because when earth and heaven come into alignment, almost anything is possible in that atmosphere. And we're, we're heading into a place where that be, happens more and more uh, frequently and more and more significantly. So I could stand here and tell you that we're going to a place of victory over death and darkness in people's lives, even bodily resurrection, and I would be right, because that's what we're heading to. And, and, and it's like, you know, that one song that we played this morning, When Death Was Arrested, you know, that was a song that, that Eric Miller used, to, used to, to lead. And it was, it was probably the most common song that he led here before he went home to be with the Lord. And, uh, and so... His death 
birthed a resolve in our worship team, but also in the congregation, that death is something that we're going to defeat here. We're not okay with death stealing people's lives prematurely. There's, there's a, God used that thing to birth something in us, a determination that we're, gonna, we're going to do a tap dance on the head of death here. And we're going to destroy it. We're going to break its power to take people out of their assignment prematurely. And, and, and so that was very much birthed into the heart of our worship team here. And, it's, and you can hear the sound of it. And, and Eric was picking that up while he was here. When death was arrested, I mean, to, for, for, for death to swallow up somebody that had that as their uh, theme song, if you will, just feels outrageous to us. There's no way that we're going to let death have the last laugh here. This, this thing is going to be destroyed and defeated here in Jesus' name. But I see, also see something else about that. And, uh, you know, victory over death, over uh, oppression, over darkness, over torment, that happens in the glory. When, when the glory of God really begins to move in, in powerful ways, you know, there's going to be signs and wonders and all of that. And, and let me just go on record and say that I'm, I'm all for signs and wonders, but I've never sought them. I just know they happen in the glory. I know that when you're pursuing God's will and purpose for your life, they happen. And so I don't think it's anything that we need to chase after, but we need to be okay with them happening. In fact, the early church actually prayed that mighty signs and wonders would be done in the name of Jesus to manifest and to confirm that the kingdom of God is here. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of glory. Scripture says Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of glory. If we want to stand in the glory, we have to be clean. And again, I'm not talking about... I I should... I should stop just going there by default, I guess. But there's been so much accusation against the church that has uh, called for holiness that, oh, you're just legalistic and religious, um, that you almost have to apologize when you refer to holiness. Now, I'm not talking about religion. Uh, and, and I'm just not going to do that anymore. Because... It, it, it's sanctified hearts that dwell in the presence of God. The Lord wants you to come as you are, but in his glory, you're not going to stay as you are. There's, there's a cleansing and a purifying of your motives of your heart. There's, there's something that he invites you into, a sanctification process. And, and it's not about you starting to live by a list of rules. It's by you being obedient to the Holy Spirit who says, you know what, I've let you get away with this all this time, but it's not okay anymore. Uh, this is not good for you. This is a stumbling block to others. And he begins to identify things in our life that he's asking us to give up if we want to go further with him.
There's some things that you cannot carry, that, that are totally permissible in the outer court, that you can't carry with you into the inner court. And that's a very real reality. The, the, the Holy Spirit is beginning to manifest in ways that I recognize. Because there are ways that lead to revival, to an awakening, to an outpouring. Uh, and, you know, you even got people bickering about what you call it. Well, it's not a revival, it's this, that, or the other. Well, you know, what, whatever you call it, I want to live in an outpouring of, of the Holy Spirit. I want to live in an atmosphere where heaven invades earth where the glory of God resides among us and in us, and we become those who carry the glory of God. I, I want to I live in a reality where the things that happen to some of the, of the great evangelists begin to happen among us. I remember Charles Finney you know, could, could sit down with somebody, and, and, and people would get up and leave. They said they can't stand being that close to him because he convicts them of sin just because of the presence that he carried. It wasn't anything that he said. Wouldn't it be something if, if we could uh, uh, come into the presence of people and they would just fall down and, and, and repent and, and begin to get their heart right with God without us even saying a word? You know, that's, the, that's what I'm talking about. That's the hunger that I have in my heart. Because we can't clean, you know, I, I used to hear people say, well, uh, you, when you fish for the Lord, you've got to clean the fish. Well, in a certain sense, there's a truth to that. But in reality, the Holy Spirit cleans the fish. Which is what I really like about serving him. Because he, does, he convinces people of something in a heartbeat that I could try to talk them into for months and I couldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? And so the Holy Spirit is the one who shows people their need of, of getting clean, of getting sanctified, of getting right with God. And, and we can't make that happen without him. Uh, the Lord is preparing us not only to have a revival, but to host his presence in a sustained way for decades to come. Ray Hughes prophesied 33 years of nonstop revival here. That's what we're getting ready for. That's what God's preparing us for. There's a call to sanctification. When the glory comes, chains are broken. People who've been bound are set free. I want to see pe people who've been tormented and, and oppressed because of addictions that they've struggled for years and years to get free from come in this place and watch those chains just fall off. People are saved, healed, delivered. Families are healed. People on the brink of death are raised up. You know, we've, we've had those kinds of... of uh, manifestations kind of mark our journey, but I want it to be constant. I want it to be something that happens all the time. 
that, we're, that we can't even keep up with the testimonies of people that are getting set free, people that are getting healed, people that are having Jesus revealed to them in such a way that it transforms their lives. Hunger becomes greater than fear and draws us to the flame, the fire of God. If we've sanctified our hearts before the Lord, we come alive in ways we've never known we can. Amen? We become carriers of his presence. His glory rests on us everywhere we go. And, and, and I'm going to make a bold declaration. I was created for glory. I'm going to make an even bolder declaration. You were created for glory. That's what you were created for. You were created to occupy and to dwell in the, the manifest glory of God. I've hungered for it for 35 years. Knowing that I was willing to pay any price to live in the place of glory. I've, I've, I've tasted of it enough that it's ruined me for lesser pursuits. I know what I've marked for. And I hope to mark every one of you for that as well, if you're not already. I'm willing to be misunderstood or ridiculed for my hunger because I've carried that passion in my heart for a long time. I've always known that God didn't give me the hunger without fully intending to satisfy that hunger. God doesn't give me a desire. God never gives me a question that he doesn't want, me, that he doesn't want to provide the answer for. He never gives me a hunger for something that he doesn't intend to fill. And that hunger has driven me. I can't tell you, Diane, how encouraging that sign that Maggie came forth in is to me because that means that God's going to do whatever it takes to bring this baby forth. Amen? Not only did he, first the natural, afterward the spiritual, not only did he, but he will. Psalm 27.4 speaks to the deepest place of my heart. One thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. And when I say the house of the Lord, I'm not talking about these masonry walls. It's not what I'm talking about. The house of the Lord is made up of living stones. In fact, it says they're precious stones. All of you are a precious stone being formed and fitted together to create the house of the Lord, the dwelling place of God. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord 
and to inquire in his temple. Your living says, the one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. God does more in us in the glory in a few minutes than we can accomplish in years outside of it. Isaiah 60 is speaking to the time that we're in right now. Arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. If there's ever been a time when it's very real, the darkness is covering the earth. And gross darkness the people, deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. And his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. And then this is the result. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They, will gather, they all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. And your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become radiant. And your heart shall swell with joy. Because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. The multitude of camels shall cover your land, the dromedaries of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. This that we're coming into is that. As the darkness increases, the glory increases. I don't know how many of you have ever studied photography at any level, but they tell me that the best backdrop, the, the easiest, sharpest, best backdrop uh, for a portrait is a black background. Complete darkness. The best backdrop for glory is darkness. God's getting ready to shine upon his people, upon his sons and upon his daughters in a way that we've never experienced before. It's not a time to be afraid. That's, that's for when you're part of the other kingdom. That's what's shaking the other kingdom right now. What's shaking this kingdom right now is boldness, is courage, is faith. What's manifesting here and will manifest more and more is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's what the world's going to be looking for. And that's why it's so important that we create a net, that we prepare teams to minister, that we are able to share with others what God has given us, that we're ready to disciple new believers that God wants to birth into the body of Christ that we're ready to be an encouragement to them, that we're ready to be a city of refuge that people in trouble can come to and find help in time of need.
is so important. We're going to honor the mothers in a little bit, but before we do that, if you would stand, I just want to say a prayer for all of us. Father, in Jesus' name. These are your people. These are the ones that your son died for. They've come because they're hungry. They've come because they want more of you. Holy Spirit, would you come and wash over every heart? Every mind. Let peace come to any mind that's been tormented, that's been in fear, or that's been operating under a cloud. I command that cloud of confusion to go now in Jesus' name. Get off. These are God's people. If you've been battling in your mind, just put your hand on your head. I want to just bless your mind in Jesus' name. I just release clarity to your mind. Let the confusion go. Let all fear and torment go in Jesus' name. Inability to focus. Inability to receive creative downloads. I rebuke that in Jesus' name. I declare that you have the mind of Christ. And I'm asking for an upgrade to your mind. Let there be a divine download that's an upgrade of the mind of Christ that we need to be connected to. In Jesus' name. I ask right now for a cleansing of the memories. Any tormenting memories, I rebuke them in Jesus' name. Any recurring images that have brought pain and connected you to places of torment, I rebuke those images in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord, that you would come and replace those images with images that you are in the middle of. Let the, let the memories be healed because you show up in them. In Jesus' name. Put your hand on the back of your head. I command all trauma that's been bound up and not released in Jesus' name to dissipate and to leave your mind. And I ask, Father, that in the future, every person would be able to process trauma in a healthy way. And it would never again store up any migraines that it's caused. In Jesus' name, be gone now. I rebuke migraine headaches in the name of Jesus right now. Be gone. Get off of God's people and don't come back. And I ask, Lord, for a restoration of a healthy sense of identity. 
that we would know that we know that we've received the spirit of adoption, that we're sons, that we're daughters, and that we have a special place of favor at your table. We have an inheritance. We're not orphans. Rebuke orphan spirit off of anyone who's been not been able to shake that off. I rebuke that orphan spirit in Jesus' name. Let the spirit of adoption come and fill our hearts. I wish above all things that you would be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Father, would you bring prosperity to every soul? Help them think the way that heaven thinks. Help them see the way that heaven sees. Help them hear what heaven is saying and bring them into alignment with your purpose in Jesus' name. Some of you have already been receiving downloads, but you've not believed them because you thought you were just imagining things. You need to know the Holy Spirit writes on the imagination, on the canvas of your imagination. And, And as you sanctify that imagination unto the Lord, the Holy Spirit wants to write some pretty amazing things in some of your hearts and minds. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I see this this thing where some of you, when you're faced with major obstacles or roadblocks, there's a, there's a default of going back to fear and intimidation and believing that you don't have what it takes to come through that. The Lord wants to break that off of you. I declare over you that, that in Christ, everything is possible for you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing that God allows to come into your path that he has not anointed you to conquer. Amen? You have what it takes to conquer any giant, to overcome every obstacle, to move any mountain through faith. But faith is not just something that you think faith is something you act on. So the Lord really wants to begin to teach us how to put our faith into action. Amen? Okay, you can be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Okay, I'm going to invite all the mothers to come up. Make a line right across the front here, facing me, as straight of a crooked line as you can. Facing me. 
Wow, look at all these mamas. Okay, see if you can make a single file, even as much as you can. And uh, I'm just going to pray a prayer of blessing over all of the mothers. This is a special day for you. I know it's not on the... uh, Yeah, it's just something that our nation does to honor mothers. But, you know, the Lord honors those kinds of things, and he works through them. It was on Secretary's Day in Peru that we met the governor and he took all his secretaries out for a special meal and that's where we met him and we ended up praying and about half of that whole team had serious issues in their bodies and the Lord healed them all on the spot. So the Lord works with those kind of special days, and we're going to trust him to work on Mother's Day in your lives this morning. Amen? So I want to invite all the husbands that want to to come up and put, put the hand on your wife from behind as we pray over them. So mothers, you might want to step forward just far enough to let somebody in behind you a little bit. And... You can, yeah. Hallelujah. So today we honor the mothers, the one who brought new life into this world. We receive you and recognize you as a gift from God. And without our mothers, none of us would be here. So we honor you and we honor motherhood. We honor the nurturing heart that God gave you. We honor everything that our mothers poured into our lives. And spiritually, we honor the mothers in the house of God. Those who bring nurturing to new life. Those who help people work through their pain and their struggles with identity. And those who uncover their hearts and help them to begin to live from the heart, not just their... We honor motherhood in every dimension today. We also honor those who are called as intercessors because of what they birthed in the body of Christ, we honor them too. And, and we just honor motherhood and we place a high value on it in this house. And we say that you are blessed. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the field. In other words, whether you live in the city or in the country, we bless you. And wherever your, your field is, wherever your home is, we bless you to prosper. 
We bless you to increase. We bless you to have value. We declare that you're not second-rate citizens in the kingdom. That you're not called to stand behind your husband. You're called to stand beside him in a place of honor. We, we declare that you're leaders. You're leaders in your home. You're, you're called to lead in areas of the heart as he leads in areas of the head. Because we're wired a little differently from each other usually. And so we honor the leadership role that God has given you. And we invite you to fully live into that and manifest that in this next season of life. In Jesus' name. We ask, Lord, for all the young mothers in here, that you would bless them, anoint them, and fill them with a sense of purpose and help them to fully come into that motherhood heart that you gave them, that let it fully awaken within them in this next season. For those who've had devastation in relationships, we bless you. We ask for complete healing of your hearts in Jesus' name. We ask that your hearts would become whole again, that you would be able to embrace a new season of motherhood, whether it's physically, whether it's uh, spiritually, whether it's uh, discipling young believers and nurturing them. We invite you to fully live into all that God has called you to as a mother. And now we release the anointing of heaven over. We bless you. Uh, many years ago, the Lord said to me, please release your wife. And I released her. We release you. We release you to begin to live into your identity as sons and uh, as daughters of God, as female sons, as daughters who have an inheritance right alongside the sons. We declare that you are no less in your inheritance in the kingdom than any male Son of God, in Jesus' name. We invite you to fully awaken, to fully live into, and to come out of the shadows and realize you have your own identity, you have your own purpose, you have your own kingdom assignment to fulfill that's different from your husband if you have one, and that's makes because you were uniquely and wonderfully created, uh, not only to be a helpmeet to your husband, but to live into your kingdom purpose and identity as well. You know, my wife is called to live into things that I can't live into for her, uh, but, she, but she does it beside me. And so I bless all of you to begin to live into your true kingdom identity and not be inhibited in any way. And for any of you who have not been given the freedom to have your identity in the culture that you grew up in, we, we release you. We, we speak a release over you to discover who you really are. You have your own identity, your own purpose. We release you to come into all that God has invited you into. We release you to come into everything that the Lord imagined when he first birthed you in his heart. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, he knew you. And he imagined what all you would live into. He imagined all that you would become. And so we honor you today. And we thank God for you. We thank God that he's brought you to this place for such a time as this. We bless you. May your next season of life be a season of of amazing increase. Exponential multiplication and fruitfulness. We declare over all of you who've gone through menopause. Some of you might be going through that now that you're being retooled for the most powerful season of your life, where you're no longer just wired 
to nurture children growing up primarily, but you're now wired to the most creative season and the most powerful and fruitful time of your life outside your own family. And some of you are going to begin to experience uh, assignments from God that you didn't even know because the Lord's rewiring you for a new season of life. And so we bless that transition. We say, to, we say to you that there's no room in any of that for depression or discouragement. Your life is not over. It's just beginning. It's beginning again in Jesus' name. You're being retooled. You're being rebirthed for a new season of life that is going to be the most powerful yet. And Father, I ask for an anointing to come on every husband that's here, that he would be able to prophetically recognize what's going on in the heart of their wife. And they would become a voice for you to empower and to release and to speak into, not to inhibit in any way or to limit. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.